Hello everyone, this is Bitupan here. Welcome to Mindful Talks, where I invite guests from various fields like health and wellness, spirituality and personal development to talk about their knowledge and their experiences. My today's guest is Menaka Potalingam, connecting from UK, who is a multi-award winning leadership coach, serial entrepreneur, advocate for mental health and ambassador for women empowerment. She's an international speaker, author and resilient strategist. After 25 years in the healthcare industry as a dentist, she decided to move into the world of coaching, putting her personal and professional experiences into practice. She provides personal coaching and helps people transform their life by developing a growth mindset that helps to increase performance, productivity and profit. She helps people to step out of victim mentality, prevent health-related illnesses and reach full human potential. She has overcome a lot of adversities in her own life. She was born and brought up in Sri Lanka and was a victim of the Sri Lankan civil war that started in 1983. Her family escaped the war and migrated to different countries and communities after fleeing the war zone and finally getting settled in UK. She battled stress-related illness in her own life. By overcoming all these adversities, she became successful as a migrant Asian woman in business in UK alongside being a single mother. She has qualifications in neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, coaching, leadership and education. She is lovingly described as the next Oprah of Asia for her demonstrated resilience and the willingness to continually learn and develop. Now that she is so successful in her field today, she thought it's time to let the world know about her story of resilience. The word resilience itself means the human ability to withstand adversity and bounce back from difficult life events. So she wrote a book about it titled Resilience Learned, which is an international bestseller. She documented all her experiences in this book. The book explores how she came to receive the gift of resilience through forgiveness, passion, truth and love. Despite her family being torn apart during the civil war, she arose stronger than ever. She is the recipient of multiple awards, including Iconic Woman Award of Women's Economic Forum Delhi, Service Entrepreneur of the Year and Migrant Entrepreneur of the Year Award at UK Parliament 2019, Dr. Sarvapalli Radhakrishnan Award Mentor X 2020 for her contribution towards the nation's development. Let's hear her story and find out how to overcome adversities and difficult situations in life. I am excited to talk to her. Let's get started. Hello ma'am, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me and having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here. My pleasure, ma'am. So, uh, yours is an interesting story, ma'am. You were born and brought up in Sri Lanka, and then you landed in UK, and then you were a dentist before, right? And then, uh, right now, you're a life coach, and you have written an amazing book. I have uh, read a lot of reviews about it. Unfortunately, I'm yet to read your book, but I had been following your work on social media and YouTube, and I have listened to a lot of your interviews. So, please uh, let us know about your story. How come you ended up in UK? What happened? Thank you. So, yes, I am from Sri Lanka. I was born and brought up in Sri Lanka. Um, my childhood was perfect. I grew up literally not knowing what's happening outside. I had a very protected life, had a very loving family, so it was a blessing. Around uh, nine years, I had my first experience of the war in Sri Lanka, and uh, you suddenly wake up and uh, you know, know the reality, what's actually going on around you, right? And then, of course, slowly and but surely, I could see the devastation around me. I could see people missing, people, you know, families losing the dear ones, losing their belongings, had to leave their homes, 
had to leave the cities sometimes. So it all kind of leaves a mark definitely as a child on you. However, in my early 20s, I had another experience of the war. Um, and, you know, when you see other people suffer, yes, it does create an impact on you. But when you witness it yourself right next to you, somebody uh, losing their life, that is a very, very different experience. Uh, I guess that's what people call the survivor's guilt because you always think, oh, you could have done better, you should have done something. So, you know, it brings in a myriad of emotions in you mm -hmm. and changes you as a person forever. Right. I remember when I got home after the experience, the only thing I told my dad is I'm not going to go back to the university and enough. I'm not just not going to study anymore. And being in a family where the expectations were really high and, uh, and it was a, a natural progress, like from school to university, from university to work, you know, that's how we are brought up. That's what is expected of you. So of course, my parents were devastated that I decided not to study anymore. Mm. So I still remember one day, within two days, my dad just casually asked, would you like to go to the UK? Because uh, all your friends are going. Mostly, you know, a lot of my friends left at, uh, the country at the time. And I said, no, it's too far. I wouldn't be able to come here. And I don't want to go that far without knowing anyone. You um, what would I do there? <laughs> yes, I just don't want to go. So, of course, a few years late, a few hours later, in fact, and um, my dad came back and said, oh, what about India? That's not very far. So I said, of course, the instantaneously, I said, yes, that would be great because I had seen these Bollywood movies, the Hollywood movies, the life is perfect. And it's just an extension of Sri Lanka. Actually, that's how I saw at that age. I was wrong about it for sure. Uh, when I landed there, firstly, you guys have, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of people there? <laughs> you know, firstly, when you step out of a building, you only see people around, which was new to me, that experience. Secondly, there are so many different languages. I didn't know many people. So it, it, it was a very difficult and different experience for sure in the beginning. However, with time, you get to know it. You know, right. you get to know people. And um, I made lifelong friends. I learned the language because I didn't study in English up to that point. So that was another step back for me. So, but, you know, life goes on. You know, that's yes. what happened, right? Um, when the challenges comes, you have two choices, either sink or swim. Uh, I guess I decided to swim. So I decided to learn Hindi so I, I can speak Hindi fluently. I, even today, oh, I speak nice. to people in Hindi and uh, I master the language of English. But your mother I wouldn't Tamil. say my, yeah, I speak Tamil, yeah. Okay. So I, um, I, as a kid, I actually learned Sinhalese because my dad's a doctor and we used to move from place to place. I can still read um, and understand fully Sinhalese, but I, don't speak that fluently any longer. Okay. So, yeah, so I made a lot of friends there. And then, of course, I was teaching dentists in uh, Bangalore. And then life moved on. And I landed up in the UK, um, did my exams again. Um, have been a dentist for 25 years now. And um, have a practice just for a short time. I wasn't working, but uh, now I work a day in a week as a dentist. And I would say all my experiences 
the war, the migration, uh, the stress-related illness, um, being signed off, hitting the rock bottom sometimes, having the fraud, uh, being a dentist, being a mom, being a single mom, all that is what defines me who I am today. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are surprised when I say, I don't think I would really change anything what happened to me any longer because there was a time I saw them as my weaknesses. I saw them as my failures. I still tell to date uh, that I was the queen of failing and I had a lot of failures, a lot of, I still have a lot of faults. I'm not no way perfect. I'm still work in progress in many ways, mm-hmm. but I am what I am and I have learned to accept myself for who I am and love myself for what I am really now. So uh, I have heard you say somewhere that, you know, uh, you do meditation also, right? You practice meditation and you had stress related issues. So uh, I want to know, first of all, meditation has a lot of benefits. I know I have got a lot of benefits myself. I have been doing practicing meditation from last one and a half to two years. So has meditation helped you overcome your illness? And what all other benefits that you have got from meditation? Okay, so before I go into meditation, yes, I did have stress related illness. The reason I started talking about you it very openly and speak about it again and again and again is because mm-hmm. in some communities it is still a huge stigma. No one uh-huh. wants to talk about it. And yet one in four of us have it. So I can't understand, you know, the how the statistic really doesn't fit in well with why we wouldn't want to speak about it. And secondly, before going into meditation, I would say it is, there are so many modalities you can take. So, so many paths you can take to reach the same destination. Mm-hmm. And meditation is definitely one of it. So um, I did have hypnotherapy. I had had neuro-linguistic programming. I have had Ayurvedic treatment because I just want to get better. I really didn't care how I got there. And um, all those things have helped in its own way. And I had had medications as well as, you know, I had gone to GP, I had gone to psychotherapy. And I'm not ashamed to say that because I want other people to think they should go and seek help when they need. Um, However, long term, I think the root cause has to be sorted out. And I think that's where the meditation comes into play. Mm. Because um, I am a certified NLP practitioner, certified hypnotherapist. However, I, uh, my dad did meditation and uh, yoga and for years. And so you learned from him? Those, not really. So okay. Actually, one of those uh, kids, I used to think like it's a waste of time just sitting and doing nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I was a doer. I had to do to become successful, not mm-hmm. just sit somewhere and silence. And it's what a waste of time. Actually, mm-hmm. that was me. And I am ashamed to say it now, but that was me. And that's the truth. But a few years back, obviously, these things change people forever when you have those uh, experiences. Mm. And slowly, of course, I decided to try it. You know, okay, fine, why not try it? So I slowly tried it. And then recently I went on a mindfulness, uh, you know, structured mindfulness program with Oxford um, for eight weeks. And it was great. And I'm planning to do the teacher's training so that I can train others now um, in mindfulness. So meditation is has many, many benefits. Yes. However, I prefer the mindfulness more it, it, only because I think it is so much more forgiving and it is so much more practical um, for the modern world. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, I'm also doing another course because I'm, I just want to keep growing myself because if I am teaching other people, the most one ingredient you have to have is to keep developing yourself as well. You can't yes. just teach other people and not develop yourself. So. Uh, mindfulness, the good thing is 
you can forgive yourself and you know for a fact your thoughts are going to wander. Right. You accept it as a norm because okay, as a mind. mind, you would. Yeah. So yeah. that is the best thing about mindfulness for me particularly. Might be I haven't reached that point yet that where I can just switch off my brain totally and just be in silence. And also like you could do for five minutes, you could do it while you are having a meal, you can do it while you're driving, we can do it even when you are speaking to someone. That was like uh, awakening you know, on itself when I came to know in my course that I can speak, I can be speaking to you and I can be still very mindful about it. Mm -hmm. And then that goes into the area of communication, actually, because most of the time when we are speaking to people, we are speaking to reply. We are already starting to process, uh, process in our brains True. what we are going to tell next. Instead of that, when we are mindful, I think active listening is a natural byproduct. Mm -hmm. so, so you must be knowing about flow state, ma'am. Actually, there are a lot of videos on flow state. So do you think being mindful and the flow state is the same thing? So when you are actually conversing with somebody, go into that flow state and just focus on the conversation and then when you are eating, just focus on the eating. Is it the same? Yes, I mean, uh, I think I am not an expert yet in mindfulness of flow state, okay. but as far as my understanding goes, mindfulness is nothing but just being present. Yes. Mm. Um, and still flow state, I guess it is still another step ahead, even being active and still being mindful. Mm. Okay. You are doing something oh. and you're still in the flow of things, you know, like the two parts come together because you can be walking and you still can be mindful. You can speaking and still can be mindful. Right. Oh. And the flow state, I think, is accepting. It's OK. You know, because sometimes interruptions will come. It's OK. And still being happy and going forward and just being, I think, adaptability and um, the ability to. Uh, go with it, I think comes with it. But mindfulness on its own will calm you down anyway. You know, it kind of gives a different perspective to uh, things. Um, it uh, makes you more empathetic. You understand mm. people better. You communicate better. Mm. Um, you are much more forgiving of what's happening. So I think with all those things, flow is a state you would achieve anyway. I think it's, it's like, you know, uh, it is very difficult to be mindful and not to be in flow, I think. Yes, and I, I want to talk about journaling. Do you do journaling also? You do, right? I do. Yes. Oh, okay, do. okay. Even I do. I had been doing this practice from I think last one year, and journaling for me is for everybody is actually like putting your brain on a paper, and yes, just brain taking your brain out and seeing your brain by yourself. Uh, so I want to know some tips from you. What kind of journaling you do? And uh, for of the course, viewers, um, how, can, how can they benefit from journaling? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So in my coaching, I tell them and I do the habit challenge for 21 days and I, it is definitely a part of it as well. So I'm more than happy to tell about it. And I really actually wanted to release my own journal because, oh. but you know, there's only so much you can do at one point. So it's like in process. So for me, the journaling, um, the day starts the night before. If you, if you can understand that. Okay, because for the next the, day you write, do the journey. Yeah, so the evening before, mm -hmm. write down everything you want to do for the next day. Mm -hmm. Because as you wake up, otherwise our brain is functioned to look for problems, mm -hmm. not for solutions, right? right? Because from the caveman stage, we are survival used to- mechanism. Uh, yeah, survival mechanism. Like mm -hmm. we always focusing on issues. So, but when you already have a list of things, what you are going to do the next day, mm -hmm. there's no, you don't have to worry about it. All you have to do is start doing it. 
Mm. <laughs> you don't have to think what to do or where to start, how to start, because that's the best thing about it. And don't, um, I, I was a multitasker and I used to think the more things are on my diary, the better. How wrong was I? So I always tell my coaches or my mentees now, please make sure that you don't have more than three things in your diary. If you do more than that, it's a bonus. But otherwise what happens is you feel like a failure. And then when you feel like a failure, you don't want to do it at all. So instead of that, it's better to do three things. That's one thing. And the, in the morning, it's always good to write what you are grateful for, gratitude. Um, Oprah Winfrey, I'm a big fan of her. So Oprah Winfrey talks about it. She is grateful for the cup of coffee she's having. She's grateful to be able to look at the trees and be alive. How many people are you know, losing their lives? before they know it particularly yeah. today's world we know right like yes. a lot of people don't uh, i mean even as we speak today spb you know um, i don't know whether you know him uh, sb balasubramanian i know he, yeah um, yeah he passed away so i grew up listening to his songs as particularly a tamil speaking um, child so you know life is so transient so be grateful for the little things might be somebody said your smile is nice somebody said your dress is nice or yeah you are having that great coffee, you're able to speak to someone, someone is still checking on you. They are still bothering you, send you a text to see how you are. There are multitude of multiple things which is happening, but we are not grateful. We always somehow want to have the next thing, do the next thing in that we forget to be grateful for what we have. And there's a lot of science behind it now to show when you are grateful for what you have, you're more likely to get what you want to have exactly so uh, you know so there are so many different stories when i was interviewed yesterday i was sharing that as well there are so many stories so i think that is the other thing uh, about gratitude so you start the day with it and of course then as the day progress i you can stop and um, take a step out because we what do we do we move from one box to the other normally if if you think about it we get up from the same bed, side of the bed we get out, have the same coffee, get out, get into the car, go to work. And then most of the time, unless there's a roadblock, we even follow the same path to go and come back, right? Mm. So instead of that, just step out of that box, do mindfulness, do meditation, or just go for a walk, or even just get out of your office and be outside it for five minutes and just go back. That gives you different perspective. And that will make you a better person and your mental uh, function will be better. You can focus more. You need that uh, break because there's a Pomodoro technique in even in time management where you have to like take every 20 minutes, you take a break and 90 minutes, you take a longer break mm. so that you are much more effective when you come to uh, focusing on things. So there are so many tools you can use, but you have to consciously make sure that you take that break. I'm doing this course now and they talk about saboteurs a lot. It's nothing but what we tell ourselves. We are the worst enemy for ourselves. Our limiting beliefs kick in, what other people said kicks in, and self-doubt, self-harm. And I normally tell when I'm uh, giving my talks or you know training, I always tell, if you speak to anyone in this universe, the way you speak to yourself, you wouldn't have any friends. Everybody <laughs> right. will just disown you. <laughs> and the poor soul of you have to put up with it all the time, 24-7. Uh, there is one more way of saying this I heard somewhere that if people are given a chance to exchange their problems with somebody else, and then everybody will take their own problems and go away. 
and you told one more thing which i liked uh, that you know you heard somewhere that when we are feeling grateful about something we have more things to be grateful for yeah i have done a lot of research on on this and there are some people like joe dispenza and uh, greg braden do you do you yeah. know them on youtube yeah i have joe dispenza of course i follow him oh yes. i'm a big fan of him and the science behind it is the is that obviously we are nothing but frequencies right Uh, so whenever energy. we have this energy and frequencies yes so whenever we have this great big good energy from releasing from our consciousness we attract similar things to us and nothing exists except empty space yes. right materials do not sure. exist they are empty space yeah, yeah. and and yeah. Uh, you know what are emotions we talk about emotions emotions are what we energy are driven by right mm. it, nothing but energy in motion yes that's all it is nothing mm. else you know so right. I am really glad you mentioned that visualization bit because there's a lot of science behind it. Mm-hmm. If we can have limiting beliefs because of the experiences we have had and that's what defines us and that's what creates our world. If you believe that then why can't we believe when we create the positive experiences that will also define us and that will also become our reality right because mm-hmm. that's all happens because the brain um is telling you to do things and um driving you in a certain path because of the experiences you have had but when you create those experiences in your mind the the good thing is brain doesn't know what is the reality and yeah. what you are making up mm-hmm. so these two merges in and the brain suddenly starts thinking this is the reality and then you become that person so easily because you start taking action you know like there are so many stories um there's uh, somebody had a check uh, given by a, a person who ran from a you know a institution for insane people and uh, so he thinks oh you know i want to kill myself i can't run this business anymore i have lost everything and he's just sitting there and this person comes and gives this um, check and so he takes it and he takes okay i'm not going to open it but um you know i'm going to keep it as a backup Hmm. and a year's time he is his business is flourishing he is doing so well so he comes back to give this check and then um, to cut the long story short he gets to know that was actually an insane person and okay. the check was never valid but the belief that he had that financial backup he made all the changes because his attitude changed he took risk he um, you know uh, his habit changed he um, took different actions that's all it is really and uh, so every, i want to know something from you like uh, everybody is evolving i am evolving you are evolving we are learning something and when i look back if i think about myself how i was one year back i i i feel like laughing at myself if it's five years back i still feel like laughing more at myself not just laughing i i think that i was so different now so in case of you if you met yourself 20 years back not 20 years back let's say you were 20 years old and if you met yourself then what would you say to yourself what suggestion would you give to yourself just one thing just accept for who you are and be proud of who you are because i always right. felt um my english was not good enough mm. i was the oldest person in the class i you know my accent was strong um i was big uh, i was thin. <laughs> you know you always have something right and then you know i was at one point the colorism also exists like you know uh, different things you know other people sometimes even other people say to you that you are beautiful you still don't think you are beautiful because you have all these hiccups inside you you are telling different stories and self sabotaging you so that's why i think the one 
message I would be saying to me and I would be saying to all the young people out there, just be proud of who you are and you are unique, you're special and there's no one like you. And oh, why do yeah. you want to become like someone else? Mm, nice. So since we spoke about Dispenza and all, I'm sure that you also listen to a lot of other such people on the personal development field. Which all other people that you listen to, like podcasts or YouTube lectures and all? Um, I like um, vulnerability strength. Um, so that kind of was a game changer for me, actually. Okay. I'm just thinking, now suddenly slipped out. Um, and I like Mel Robbins. Of course, Oprah understand. Winfrey is the epitome of it. I, you know, I, I hardly miss any of her talks or shows because I feel she is the example or prime example of resilience. She has had all sorts of problems. She came from nowhere with no support and look mm -hmm. at her now. She's like, you know, and, um, you know, it, it's good to uh, see people like that. Um, I like Brian Tracy. Uh, I like Bob Proct. Uh, but Brian Tracy, because he has this eat, eat your frog in the thing, in the mean, in the frog frog do the most important thing, the first thing in the morning. Yes. So, uh, uh, so everybody has something good to say. But yeah. I think in today's age, the only thing is we have this, uh, the science says we have around average 60,000 thoughts a day. Right. And we are inundated with information. So I think for people like you and me, I think it's important to learn, continuously learn and um, adapt. And, but it is also equally important to implement. Mm. Sometimes what happens is you're so busy acquiring knowledge, you're be so busy collecting and um, accepting what they're saying. And uh, sometimes it comes from a place of I am not good enough as well. You know, I have been there myself because when you think, um, you're not good enough. You're always having self-doubt. And then you're always looking up to learn the next thing because the way I coped with my I'm not good enough was I was always doing the course. I was always having another certificate because that was my way of um, giving uh, credit to me to say I am okay at this average. If not good enough, forget about it. But at least I am okay. I can survive because I have this additional qualifications or so much, I'm, you know, I'm collecting knowledge or going for these seminars and webinars. So you have to be careful, I think, in that space where, yes, it is important to learn, but it's even more important to implement. implement. Mm -hmm. So do, you know, they say you have a keep big dreams, but take small actions or small steps. And that's where it comes from. So big um, dreams, but small actions, nice. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, uh, yeah. So before we conclude, uh, before I ask my last question, uh, I want uh, viewers to know where can they find about your upcoming work and where can they find out your, I'll put the book links uh, below, but sure. you have a website also, right? Which yes, is, uh, I'll mention. Menaka.co.uk. <laughs> it's easy. Menaka.co.uk. That's it. <laughs> uh, all right. Great. So any, any events or any uh, workshops coming up right now? Yes. So, Next month, I will be doing a habit challenge. Um, the reason I do the habit challenge is for 21 days, I will turn up um, every day on a Facebook uh, live group um, and I will keep them accountable. I'll be giving them exercises to do. The main reason I started doing this is to make it more accessible for people in places uh, and even you know, anywhere. The affordability is not a problem because I just charge 50 pounds. And so it's like 5,000 rupees in Indian 
money so that it is available for everyone and it's not it is shouldn't be a barrier to get something so you know whatever we spoke today is about habit because i am a leadership coach and i am mainly i um train professionals uh, and obviously being a dentist uh, for 25 years i my niche is dentistry dentists and having dental practices however i also want to give back something for as many people as i can and at affordable rates so that's what i do uh, that's that, that's i am planning to do goal setting as well uh, goal setting um, challenge around december time because that's when people are ready and suddenly think okay 21 is here what we are going to create so yeah that's what it is but my long term vision before i finish is to build a holistic hospital in sri lanka and create training centers for women in asia oh nice So nice that's really great dreams actually nice and uh, so my last question to you there are people who are still stuck okay they want to do something great they want to break free so what message do you have for those people your last message yes of course um being stuck to be having success is very very simple it's only one thing which stops you fear fear yeah. of failure is the biggest ingredient mm. because you think what will other people say if i failed uh, you know uh, what if i get uh, no if i keep a webinar what if nobody turns up you know when i had uh, my own talk show i spoke i was the speaker on my first show the only because i didn't want any other speaker to be in that position that nobody turns up but there's a difference yes i was thinking about it but that didn't stop me from starting the talk show i still started it but i took measures so that okay i am the one who is doing it if nobody turns up that's okay of course my team will definitely turn up so four or five people will be always there and my mom poor thing she always comes so everything what i do <laughs> so you know uh, so uh, that's it so yeah it's good to be cautious but please don't make that the stumbling block for you to do something mm. so you know if you are scared to do 5 mile run just do for 5 minutes walk mm. right and uh, if you can't do a course like because i think what stops us is we have this big dream so for my dream is to have this holistic hospital and training centers if i keep waiting to do that i will still be waiting mm. but you have to start somewhere i started with just online courses and i just started doing the talk show i am next thinking of um, interviewing people or doing the podcast i wrote my book there are all small steps aligned with the big dream to get there so i think even if you just take 5 minutes every single day and do something which will help your dream long term i think you will still get those success um, stories you know since you told about fear which stops people and we also spoke about journaling so can we say that you know uh, if whoever is having a fear if they make a take a journal and write down what happens if it does if we, if anything goes wrong then what is the worst thing that can happen happen and on the other side write down what is the best thing that can happen i think uh, they'll put their brain on a paper and then they'll figure out that the best thing that's going to happen is much much valuable than the worst thing that can happen yeah mm. 
yes, absolutely, you're right. And plus, when you're fearful, you don't know some things. And actually, this morning, uh, I was having a problem with my laptop, and I knew I had to come back to come to this interview. I'm like, oh, God, what, can, what am I going to do? Because, uh, because I have a virtual background, it was coming all like funny. I have no idea why it never happened before. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but I recognized that fear, what was happening. So what I can do is when you put it in paper or you think about it, then I had this uh, green screen for a long time, never bothered to put it up. And I decided to put it up here today. Um, I was like, okay, do some time to do some DIY. Let's, let's you know, uh, try it. Because the next thing is I have to ask my friends. Of course, nobody's just waiting around to come around. But so what I mean is when you write it down, it also gives you the blind spots. It always gives you, okay, fine. I don't have the skill. Okay, might be I can go and read about it, ask someone, or learn about it. Mm. So that is another component adding to what you already said. Mm. Okay, fine then. It was really great talking to you. We got a lot of wisdom from you. So we'll hope to connect to you soon again. Okay, thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me. It has been real pleasure, and I'm so glad you started this journey at least a decade before me. So well done for that as well. All the best for you. Thank you, ma'am. All right.